be seated. Amen. A drunk husband snuck up the stairs quietly one evening. He looked in the bathroom mirror and saw that he had a bunch of cuts and bruises on his face. So he decided that he'd bandage himself up so that his wife, first of all, would not know that he had gotten in a fight earlier that night, and also so that she wouldn't know that he was drunk, and that was the reason why. So he put the bandages on, he went into bed and thought he had pulled one over on his wife. She'd never know. His wife uh, was standing at the foot of the bed when he woke up, and she said, you were drunk last night. He says, no, I wasn't. He says, how would you even know? She says, well, if you weren't drunk, who put all the bandages on the bathroom mirror? <laughs> For those of you who didn't get it, take a moment. <laughs> take a moment. It'll come. <laughs> okay, if you didn't like that one, here's another one. <laughs> a young man uh, was speaking with some of his friends, and they were talking about growing up if they were disciplined growing up. He says, oh, yes, I was disciplined. My mother used to have a belt that she used. So the, the boy said, well, the other man said to him, he says, well, why didn't you hide it? He says, oh, no, it was in a special place. She hung it in the kitchen under a sign that said, I need thee every hour. <laughs> <laughs> So next time you see Pastor Nick, just let him know my jokes are better. <laughs> this morning we'll be focusing on the scripture found in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and the theme or title of my message this morning is the church that Jesus desires. The church that Jesus desires in Acts chapter 2. Beginning at the, right at the beginning of chapter 2, we read about the Holy Spirit coming at an event called Pentecost, which many of you are probably familiar about. The event of Pentecost when the disciples were praying in the upper room, the Holy Spirit came and filled them and they began to speak in different tongues or different languages. And so we see that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It was after they were filled with the Holy Spirit that they began to preach and teach and become bold in sharing with others the teachings of Jesus, the good news. And because of that, many people came to believe that good news and trust in the Lord, and they became believers. So we see it was during this time that the early church began. It was right here that the church began and that the church was birthed right here in Acts chapter 2. After Peter had preached to the people, in verse 41, so chapter 2, verse 41, we see those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to the number that day. Right there, after Peter addressed the crowd, 3,000 people said, I believe. 
3,000 people decided that they were going to become Christ followers, and the church was birthed right there. And so today, we're going to be looking at the kind of church that Jesus desires, the church that they were, the church that started, and truly how he desires us to be. So if you're able to, please stand as we continue reading God's word. Acts chapter 2, starting from verse 42 to verse 47. They, that is the believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship of the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to everyone as he needed. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for your word. We thank you that this is the infallible, inerrant word of God. And this morning, Lord, we desire to hear from you. And so, Lord, may your Holy Spirit come and fill this place. May you come and may you speak to each one. And may you help us to be obedient to respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. So we see that this is the point in where the church began. And when Miss Greta was speaking, it's very interesting because this is exactly the point that I wanted to make. When we talk about the church, when we talk about the church, it's not often that people understand exactly what is meant. You see, I say on Sundays, I go to church, right? Do you say that as well? Someone asks you where you go on Sundays, I go to church. But really, where we're going is a building where the church meets. Because the church is the group and the body of believers. So the church is not the building. It's just the place where the believers meet. You see, we are the church. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And so whether we meet in a home, whether we meet in a school, whether we meet in a movie theater like the Connect Church, or whether we have a, a, a building set apart like this one, we are still the church. We are still meeting, and we are still the body of Christ. When we coin the term Christians, what is it to be a Christian? What does that mean? Being a Christian simply means being a Christ follower, someone who has dedicated themselves to following Jesus Christ. And so people use that term very loosely, but we know that that term means someone who has dedicated themselves to following Christ. And these people had done just that. They accepted the message they believed, and they were part of the church now. 
Those who believed the message were baptized, they were saved, and the work of the church began. The early church was on fire. They were excited. They were bold. They were ready to go out and to continue to share about Jesus. They were going out and continuing to share, and it says that their church, their group, the body kept growing. It was growing so rapidly. And so we can learn a lot about the kind of church the church that Jesus desires us to be. And I'm not just saying in terms of the building, but we as the church and we as individuals who make up the church, the kind of people that Jesus desires us to be. And first, the first thing is Jesus desires us to be a church and a people who are learning, a learning church. He desires us to be a learning church. Verse 42 says, they, that is the believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to learning, basically. They were hungry to learn more. They desired to continue to grow and to develop. The, dis the disciples or the apostles, all they were teaching was everything that Jesus had passed on to them. And you know the beautiful thing is? It's right here. <laughs> this is it, right here. We don't have to come up with excuses. We don't have to go too far. But this is the teachings that God wants us to obey. This is the teachings that God wants us to know. And we have it in our hands. Many of us have multiple Bibles in our homes, probably sitting on shelves collecting dust. But this is exactly what God wants us to have. He wants us to dedicate ourselves to learn his word, to be a learning church, to be a church that continues to grow in his knowledge and wisdom and understanding. The scriptures in those days were not as we have them in a Bible contained. They were read in the temples, on scrolls, and at special occasions. And so we today have them at our fingertips. The word of God, whether it's a physical Bible, whether it's an app on your phone or your tablet, you can just open up and you can read the word of God. You see, we need to know and to understand God's word in order for us to live it out, in order for us to be obedient to him, in order for us to tell others about him. We cannot pass on knowledge that we ourselves don't know or don't understand. God desires for us to be a learning church, to continue to learn and to continue to grow. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, it says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. We know that the word of God is alive and active and has the ability to change. And all we have to do is open it, read it, study it, learn it. And the power is unleashed in that. Jesus desires for us to continue to grow and to develop. 
So how can we grow? Well, there are so many different opportunities for us to grow. Whether we open our Bible at home on our own, which we should do regularly, that's just one way. But we have small groups. We've been advertising our small groups. That's a way for you to go and to connect with other believers, to share, to talk about different topics, to ask questions. You see, it's wonderful that you come to church on a Sunday morning, and that's part of how you grow, but you can't ask questions in a large setting like this. So it's in a setting like a small group Bible study, in a setting like a Wednesday evening Bible study or a Tuesday morning ladies Bible study that you can ask questions, that you can dive in, that you can learn more, challenge one another, express your opinions, ask questions. Those are the ways. In Sunday school classes, we also want to encourage you to come out to our revival services. That's a way for you to learn more, to go deeper in your relationship with God. You see, we want to be people who continue to learn, people who continue to understand. There is so much about God that we will never understand, but we must start somewhere. God wants us to start somewhere, to learn and to grow and to know his word. Dr. William Barclay, a famous commentator, said, we should count it a wasted day when we do not learn something new and when we have not penetrated more deeply into the wisdom and grace of God. Every day, may we strive to learn something new. May we strive to go deeper and deeper with Christ. The second thing that I believe Jesus desires us to be the kind of church is a church of fellowship, a church that fellowships, a church that is together. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. This is talking about corporate fellowship as a body of believers fellowshipping and worshiping together, being together. You know, there are many people, and you've probably heard many people say, I don't need to go to church, right? I'm a Christian, I believe in God, and you know, once in a while, I I watch a a sermon on on TV, I read my Bible, and that's fine. Those, Those things are great to do. There are a lot of preachers out there I like watching, I'm sure you do. You know, reading your Bible on your own is fine. However, there's something that happens when we come together as a body of Christ. There's something that happens when we fellowship with one another. There's something that happens when we gather together and corporately pray and worship and give God praise. There's something about that. And God wants us to continue not only in our private devotions and private life to grow, but to come together. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some of the people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Don't neglect the assembling of the body of Christ. Don't neglect coming together. If we are a family, families come together. 
Families meet together, and we indeed are a family. The Christian journey was never meant to be one done alone. It was never meant to be a road that we walk alone, but together. And it is together that we find encouragement. It's together that we find accountability. It's together that we find prayer support and help and advice and encouragement and all of those things that we will not find on our own. It is together that God wants us to be. May we not neglect the fellowship with one another, but continue to grow and to develop relationships within the church and outside of the church. You see, it's wonderful that we can gather together for different events and, and to know, but also outside the church to carry out those relationships outside as well. You see, as a church, we try to encourage fellowship times, whether you realize it or not. I'm going to let you in on a little secret here. Many things that we do are intentional for you to fellowship, for us as a body to fellowship, for different Christmas banquets, Valentine's dinners, different potlucks that we have. Those are intentional to bring about fellowship in the body. In the summertime, you know, many of you know, that after service, we um, serve refreshments on the patio outside. That's not just because we want you to have something to eat. That's part of it. But we want to encourage you to fellowship with other people. We want to encourage you to engage with other people and to build those friendships and those relationships that otherwise many of you would not have. You see, as a church, we are to be a church that fellowships, a church that is together, a church that grows together, that shares together, that is accountable together as a family. And so Jesus desires for us to be a church of fellowship, a church of fellowship. May you continue to strive to fellowship with one another. May you continue to strive to make an effort to come together regularly. Obviously, there are times where you may not be able to, and that's understandable, but may we continue to come together as a family. The third thing that I believe that Jesus desires is a praying church. Jesus desires for us to be a praying church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer also. For Christian, prayer is an essential part of our Christian lives. It is an essential part of our spiritual lives. If we want to grow, if we want to hear from God, if we want to be strengthened spiritually, we need to be connected to the source. We need to pray to God and we need to ask him daily to pour out his spirit upon us. We need to ask him to continuously help us to face what life throws our way. And it is only through prayer that we can do that. There is power in prayer. And we are a church that believes in the power of prayer. Many of you joined us throughout the day yesterday. We had a prayer vigil, a 12 our prayer vigil from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And I want to say a special thank you to Jacqueline Hall and to many of you who led the hour. 
Many of you who led each hourly session, it is crucial and it is important for us to be people who are connected, connected to the source of life, connected to God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, and we can do that through prayer. And it doesn't cost us anything. You see, in the Old Testament, when you read it, the people did not have the privilege that we have today to go to God and to pray. They had to go through the priest to offer a sacrifice. The priest would pray for them. And the priest was the one interceding on their behalf. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. All of that is over with. The temple in the curtain, the veil in the temple tore in half, symbolizing now we have direct access to God. We don't have to go through someone else. Jesus is our high priest. And it is in his name that we find all that we need. There is power in the name of Jesus. And we have that power. We need to call on his name, believing that he is able, believing that he is able to do what concerns us today. Do you believe that? That he is able? That we serve a God who is alive and well, a God who is not deaf, but who hears us. His word says that he does not slumber and he does not sleep, but he is concerned about each and every one of us. And may we be people who pray. Two quotes I want to share with you, one from John Bunyan. He says, prayer will make a man seize from sin, or sin will entice a man to seize from prayer. Prayer will make a man, or you can say prayer will make a man stay away from sin, or sin will make a man stay away from prayer. You can choose which one. Max Licato, a famous author and speaker, said, Our prayers may be awkward, our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Prayers do work. Whether we pray for a long time or just a short time, God hears our prayer. He hears the prayers of the righteous, and he is concerned about each and every one of us. May we be a church who prays. May we be people who pray. May we be in the habit of when something happens, pray. Not go to different sources, but pray. The early church the early Christians knew that they could not meet life on their own strength and that they did not need to. They always went into God before they went out to the world. They were able to meet the problems of life because they had first met with God. They had first met with God, and so they were able to meet the different problems of life. May we be a church who prays. Fourth of, fourthly, may we be a church where things happen. Jesus desires us to be a church where things happen. Verse 43 says, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. There were many things that were done that it caused the believers to look at and just to be left with saying, Wow! Wow, filled with awe, 
filled with that wonder. Today we might wonder, why doesn't that still happen? Why don't we see those things? Well, guess what? They do still happen. We just need to look. We just need to be more intentional. We just need to have faith and believe. You see, God has already given us the power and the authority as believers to do great and mighty things in his name. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority, it says, to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and sickness. Those he called, he gave that authority in his name to be able to do that. And not only his disciples or those who were called, but believers in general. In Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, it says, and these signs will accompany those who believe all of those who believe these signs will accompany in my name they will drive out demons they will speak in new tongues they will pick up snakes with their hands and when they drink deadly poison it will not hurt them at all they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well you see in the name of Jesus he has given each and every one of us as believers the power and the authority to do great things do you believe that? That he has given you as a believer the power and the authority to do great things? That we don't have to go to someone else. Many people will call me and they'll ask me to pray for them. And that's fine. I, I enjoy praying for people. But here's the problem. When they believe that God hears my prayer and not theirs, that's a problem. Because I can pray, but my prayer is just as well heard as their prayer is, and vice versa. You see, it's not because I'm a pastor that God hears my prayer. We are all his children, and he hears our prayer. And we need to believe when we pray that God has already given us the victory. We need to have faith when we pray and believe. You see, in his word, he says, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as as a mustard seed. If you just believe, if you've ever seen a mustard seed, it's so small. If you have faith, even that much, that much faith, what you can do with it, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible with God. There will be nothing impossible. You just have to believe. You see, as believers, God has given us that victory. God has given us that power and the authority. And so you can be proud as a child of God. You can be proud as a believer to walk with your head held high, knowing that your father is the king of kings and the lord of lords knowing that you are a co-heir with christ knowing that nothing formed against you will prosper knowing that the blood of jesus covers you you will be able to do greater things because of jesus and it is in his name not by any power that we have but because of the name of jesus we can do great things. And there are many of you this morning who need to be reminded of that. Many of you who are going through things in your life that you don't understand, whether it be the loss of a, a job, the loss of a loved one, financial crisis, a physical health need, illness, something that has come your way, you need to pray and say, in the name of Jesus, 
I claim the victory. God has given us victory. God has given us that victory, but we need to claim it. If your faith this morning is as small as a mustard seed, claim that victory. He has given us that healing. He has given us that answer to prayer. He has given us that solution. He has given it to us. We want to be a church where things happen. And it's not because of any other reason, but because we believe in the name of Jesus. And so may we continue to be people who pray to seek his face and to see great and mighty things happen. The fifth thing that I believe that God desires is for us to be a generous church, for us to be generous people. Verse 44 and 45 says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. These early Christians had an intense responsibility to help others who were in need. They were generous people. Now, I'm not saying that you need to go and sell all your property and, and, and give us the money here. That, that's not what I'm saying at all. I mean, if you want to, but that's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is that Jesus desires for us to be a people who are generous, to help our brothers and sisters in need. You know, if you're part of a family, I know at least in my family, I hope it's the same in yours, is if you have a need, we try to help each other, right? You have each other's back. You may not be able to, to do everything, but you try to help your family members the best that you can. Guess what? We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are a family, whether you like it or not. <laughs> we are a family. And so I think we have a pretty good family. And so we want to do our best to be generous, to help those in need. When you hear about a need, try to meet it. When you hear about someone going through something, try to help them. Whatever it may be, may we be people who are generous. And I want to say thank you to the many of you who give of your time, of your talents, of your money, of different ways that you are generous to the Lord and to the church. Because the Lord sees that and he blesses you. The Lord sees your generosity and he blesses you for it. And I also want to encourage you to continue to be people who are generous. If the Lord has laid something on your heart to give to someone or to give in a special area, be obedient. Do it. You never know what that person is going through. You never know. I've heard stories of someone who said, you know, I just felt like I needed to give this person a financial gift. And then later they found out how that person was struggling. You never know how the Lord is going to use you. May we continue to be generous people. And we don't have to have a lot to be generous. We can just give out of what we have, knowing that the Lord will continue to bless, continue to supply, and continue to provide for all of our needs. Thank you for many of you who constantly donate many uh, food items to our food cupboard that we give out to people who come in from the community and from our church who don't have, who are in need. Or some of you give us food vouchers, gift cards for grocery stores that we help families who are in need with. Many of you uh, donate in different ways you give um, financial gifts and we want to say thank you thank you thank you for your generosity to the Lord for your generous giving I also want to challenge you to pray and to consider 
In October, we're going to be asking you to give a commitment for one year towards our mortgage fund gift and our mortgage fund pledges. We have a goal of $21,000 a month so that we can pay our monthly mortgage payments. And so we want to challenge you to consider what can you give so that we can help to make our payments possible. And so may we continue to be a generous church, one who gives and one knowing that the Lord will bless us. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. May we be generous people. And lastly, may we be a church that grows. A growing church. Amen? A church that continues to grow in different ways. Verse 47, the second part of verse 47 says, And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Lord blessed them and their efforts, and he continued to help people to come the early church worked together towards accomplishing a common goal. They had a goal, they had a mission, they had a vision. And that was to live out the word of God. It was to be in relationship with Jesus and to point others to a relationship with Jesus. That was their goal. They were on fire, they were connected, and they continued to work effortlessly to reach that goal. May we as a church continue to work towards that common goal. We have that same goal, to be in relationship with Jesus, to live according to his word, and to point others to his truth as well. We have that same task. He gives it to us in what we call the Great Commission. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, then Jesus came to them, and that is the disciples, and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is our goal. That is our mission as a church as believers, to go into the world and to preach the good news, to go into the world and to share. Now, you may say, well, I'm not planning to go anywhere, right? I don't even have a passport, you may think. But that's not what he's saying, to go into your workplace, to go into your school, to go into the place where you work out, to go into your grocery store, to go into your mom's and tot's club, to go into the places that you are already a part of and to share with them that Jesus is Lord, to go into the places that you are already going. You see, there are many places that, that you go that... I will never meet those people and vice versa. So I can't be the one to go and to do all the work. You can't be the one to go and do all the work. But together, if we were to just reach one person, imagine the change that that would be. And I want to challenge you to make that a goal for yourself to go and to pray for and to talk to and to connect with at least one person that you want to intentionally pray will come to know Jesus this year. 
do that? At least one person. When was the last time you talked to someone about Jesus? When was the last time you shared your testimony or told someone what God was doing in your life? You see, we're so quick to talk about what's going on in the news. We're so quick to talk about where we just came from, from vacation or the kind of work we do or all of this. But when was the last time we talked about something that has eternal consequences? When was the last time we got excited to say that God has healed me of cancer or that God has healed my loved one or that God has changed me? my life or has God has done something in me that I can't explain when was the last time we got excited to talk about Jesus to other people may we go into all the world may we go into the places that we are already going and may we share the good news of Jesus you see without Jesus our life doesn't matter it is only with him that we have purpose, that we have being, that we have a reason to be alive. And so may we continue to be a growing church. I want to challenge you to be the kind of church, to be the kind of people that Jesus desires us to be. And that is a learning church. That is a church of fellowship. That is a praying church. That is a church where things happen. It is a generous church, and it is a growing church. And you can even say, because we are the church, that Jesus desires us as individuals to be those things, to be people who learn, to be people who fellowship, to be people who pray, to be people who make things happen, to be people who are generous, and to be people who continue to grow and to reach others for him. Amen? Amen. May we continue to be the kind of church that Jesus desires us to be. And this morning, I want to challenge you as we close. And would you stand with me as the worship team comes? And if there is something that you, that has challenged you or that has resonated with you, I want to invite you to come and to spend some moments at these altars as we sing in prayer. And maybe you need to ask the Lord to help you to be a person who goes deeper in his word, to continue to learn, to be a kind of person who intentionally builds relationship with others, to have a more earnest and, and regular prayer life, to be the kind of person that believes that with God all things are possible and whatever it is that you're going through right now maybe you need to say God I don't understand this I don't know what's going to happen but it is in your hands and I know that you are able to be generous and to be someone who continuously goes and shares his word with other people